Welcome to season three of the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast. My name is Amy Wheeler and I'm your host. We are so happy to tell you all that's happening in the world of yoga therapy. And we love to find guests from all over the world so that we can share and learn and grow together. Some of the things that are happening in season three that we find so exciting is that not only are we continuing with the free gift that we are giving out every single week in season two, and you can see more about that in the show notes, but now we are adding a YouTube channel and you can see all of these podcasts on video. The YouTube channel is called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. Some people like to watch video maybe you want to use it for one of your trainings these videos on youtube will be there for you to use for free we would love your support we have opened up a patreon page that is going to help the podcast flourish and grow you can help us to expand and grow and create more content for you and we'd love for you to visit the patreon page which is called optimal state and yoga therapy hour podcast so let's go into our guest today and please nourish yourself take time for yourself and really relax into listening to the podcast thank you for listening today i am very happy to share my friend and colleague pamela crane with you and pamela is a very unique woman she has found a way to have a niche in yoga therapy where she helps yoga therapists have more confidence, less self-doubt, show up as their authentic self, show up on social media. She has a 35-year history in broadcasting and acting, and she really understands how to use camera and lighting and little exercises to help bring out the best in us. So we went for an hour just like that. And she had so many useful suggestions just that you could even do by listening to this podcast. You could sit down and do the three fear exercise or the three strengths exercise. So I think this is a very wonderful episode because it has so much practical information. And I really like that about her, that she is willing to just put it out there. Here's how you have to do it. Here's how you build your confidence. And after this episode, I've decided I'm going to ask to bring her into the Optimal State business course to talk to all of my students about these things. So she's a a powerful woman, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Pamela Crane, someone I admire, and I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for over a year now, and we finally got our schedules together. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I always love visits with you. (laughs) I was going to say, I think I've been on your podcast, which is Yoga Pro Podcast. I'm just going to bring that up really quickly. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see Pamela's website at www.theyogapropodcast.com. And so that's how we met. You had asked me to be on your wonderful podcast. And I'm just really enamored with your work. And the reason I wanted to have you on this podcast is because your kind of niche in yoga therapy is helping people to build their confidence and kind of bring their authentic self forward into their yoga therapy business as a practitioner. So tell us what that means to you. What does it mean to help build somebody's confidence and bring them their best self forward? Yeah, it it means so much. And it means a lot to me to be able to help people in this way, because I think for the majority of us, we get into yoga therapy because yoga changed our life. For some of us, it saved our life and we just want to share it. And so we go into this business, but then we're like, oh my gosh, now I have to make videos. Now I need to show up at the Kiwanis Club. Now I need to do all of these things to promote my business, to market myself, but 
I'm not equipped with those. I've got traumas that make me have fear. I am self-conscious. I'm worried about what people will say if I make a reel on Instagram and start pointing and dancing. <laughs> you know, there's so much that goes into that part of it. Being confident generally in your business and presenting yourself, maybe teaching your first yoga class or having your first yoga therapy session or whatever it is. And so what I love doing is helping people kind of dig in and figure out where are these fears coming from? What am I afraid of? What am I really afraid of? Because we think we're afraid of being on camera or being in front of people, but it's usually a little deeper than that. So I love doing that. I also have a background in broadcast journalism. I have a degree in journalism. I worked in TV news, worked in on-air promotions, have done film acting. So I also have this other side of me where I can teach people how to present themselves on camera, little things. And I can share some tips if you want later, but yes, yes, yes. So let's go yeah. all the way back to the beginning because I think this <laughs> it's a lot, right? <laughs> of broadcast journalism, acting on both screen and stage, as it intersects with, as you said, the confidence to even show up and teach a class or teach an, a private session, all the way to social media. That's a really broad spectrum. But was there ever a time? that you didn't have confidence and, and how did you come to this niche? Like what, what were some of the things that help you show up authentically? Mm, yes. Wait, everybody, I have not told her any of these questions. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. There have been times where I wasn't confident and I would just have to show up scared. And I'll tell you, and I've said this before, and I'll say it until I can't say it anymore. Confidence is fluid. It's not something that you get like a piece of furniture and you have it. It's fluid. So one day you might be feeling confident, then you go to do something different and you might not. If you're teaching your first yoga class or working with your first yoga therapy student or client, yeah, you might be nervous, but then once you do it, you do it a few times and then you you don't have those butterflies necessarily as much. But then you're invited to do a yoga therapy consultation in front of a group of people. Well, then that's a different animal, right? And so those those fears and feelings and limited beliefs might come back up. And so the thing that's important is gaining skills to address them, creating practices that you do beforehand that help you so that when those things come up, you're ready and you can get past them. And I had something happen a few years ago. I was invited to speak at the embodiment conference, huge online conference, 500,000 registrants, a thousand speakers, Peter Levine, Stephen Porges, Alanis Morissette was one of the speakers. And I was one of the speakers. I was petrified. I was scared to death. And my topic was overcoming fears and imposter syndrome. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. Can we stop for a moment? Cause that's glorious. I love when the universe kind of drops little fun things like that, right? Mm -hmm. in our <laughs> Yeah. Practice what you were about to teach. <laughs> I absolutely did. And I did my practices. I did what I know to do. I hit play and I was fine. And I think for most people it's, that building up to the thing, worrying about what people are going to say, worrying about if they're going to like it, worrying, worrying, worrying. Once you hit go and you're doing what you know how to do, because you all know what you're doing. You don't need another training necessarily. <laughs> you oh, know no, what you're doing. You have professional students that just think if they just take that one more training, now they're going to be good enough. Mm -mm. Yeah. You got to do that work underneath. You don't need another training. You might need some more training if you want to go into a different niche or whatever, but generally speaking, you don't need more training. You want to dig in and kind of figure out where this is coming from. How can I get in front of it instead of always having it coming at me? And, you know, how can I see it coming necessarily and then be able to to go, okay, 
I know what to do for this. It doesn't mean you might not be scared again, but it means you know what to do and you know what your triggers are and how to get in front of them, you know, and, and be like, okay, yeah, I can acknowledge that I'm really nervous because I don't know how many eyes are going to be on me, but I know what I'm doing and I can do this. Those things from my childhood that tell me I'm not good enough. Mm. Those people aren't here. (laughs) The people who are here are here to hear me because I have something to say. The people who follow you on social media, they're following you because they want to hear what you have to say. The people who invited you to speak at that thing thought you had something of value. So that's why you're there. And I can talk about shifting your focus if if you want to go there. (laughs) But I just want to say, I love everything that you're saying, because I know so many yoga teachers with 200 hours of training that are out there doing a great job, (laughs) getting done everything that needs to get done. And I know people with 2000 hours of training that think they're not enough yet. And they just need that one more training. And it really has less to do with how much training you have and exactly what you're saying. How do you feel on the inside and what baggage are you carrying with you? I loved what you said about childhood trauma, like the people who installed those buttons into you are not on the call anymore. (laughs) Mm -mm, They are not there. And that, I mean, imposter syndrome generally comes from these childhood labels and they don't just go away. And even when you can recognize these, some scars, right? They're still there. They don't just go away. So it is that deep work. That's, but yeah, yeah. Let's, how are we going to recognize, first of all, what's going on? And then what are we going to do about it? You know, it's reminded me of a conversation my husband and I have that we're both the youngest kid. And so even though we're I'm 50- the baby. Yeah. Even though we're 52 years old to our family, we are nine years old Mm -hmm. and we kind of laugh because we're, when we interact with them, we act one way and then we're like grown adults with our shit together. Excuse me. We have it (laughs) together in the world, but they don't know that. And, and that going back and forth of, oh, they think I'm nine years old. Hmm. I'm an accomplished woman. Like both of those voices are always in my head. It's just, which one do I want to listen to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was the baby of four. I have an older sister, two boys in the middle, and then myself. I was the dumb one. I was the silly one. And no one did these out of maliciousness, right? And I I love Gabo Mate. I've been listening to him a lot. And, you know, he talks about these mistakes we make as parents and how we have to kind of get past those and realize that we didn't do them on purpose, right? We did the best we could at the time that we could. And so we have to extend that compassion to our parents as well, right? They did the best they could with the consciousness that they had at the time. And that also, it's a yes and, also we were scarred and hurt by that so yeah we can kind of you to do be that work every time we go home for the holidays <laughs> oh every time i just came back from visiting my family and i love my family but yeah i have a master of science degree in yoga therapy but if someone is going through something physically mentally emotionally spiritually in my family and i try to offer something it's well no, my sister said blah, blah, blah that she found on Google. And so, yeah, it is. It hurts every time. And I'm still a grown ass woman who knows what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing and I don't have to look to them for validation anymore. Yeah, it still hurts. But then I can sit back and go, you know what? That's never going to change. What has to change is how I perceive it or how I receive it. And then what do I do with it? But yeah, it still hurts. You know, it still stings <laughs> for sure. The turnaround time is way shorter. I, it used to like, if, if somebody in my family would say something that I felt was disrespectful, 
it might last two weeks. And now it's literally like five minutes, like, Mm -hmm. well, they don't know any better. So it's okay. And I know who I am and I know I'm doing good work in the world. So, all right, move on. And so that ability to be triggered, feel it, and then pivot is just a much shorter time period now. Yeah. I don't even think necessarily in, in the case of my family, they're, they're trying to be disrespectful. I think it's more dismissive because they have this label. They have this, this idea of what I am because that's what I had or that's what I was. So they don't see me in the way that I am now. They don't, they're not sitting there watching me work with people and seeing transformation. Right. (laughs) Right. So the fact that they're not open to that transformation, so to speak, is not something that that's within my control. I can offer it. And I, I do still sometimes, even though I know (laughs) it's probably going to fall on deaf ears, but when you are in a position where you want to help people feel better, it feels to me harmful, (laughs) you know, (laughs) ahimsa to not say something when you see something. So I still say something, but I don't know. It doesn't always get received, but I, like you said, my window of being heard about it is a lot smaller. And I, I, I just kind of go, okay. Yeah. Okay. Not take so. it personally. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. talk about the, like when someone feels triggered by whatever, it doesn't even have to be family abortion stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. in seventh grade, everybody laughed at you on stage when you were Kermit the frog or something like so many things could cause us to lose confidence and, and even things we don't remember. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When someone feels triggered and loses confidence and like starts having all this self-doubt, are is there kind of a a standard pathway that you could start to take them down or is it unique for every single person? Well, you know, it depends. <laughs> Everything <laughs> depends. And there's no protocol of one thing for every person. But the big thing that I tell people is if you can figure out where it's coming from, that's the big key. There's an exercise that I do with every client and we do it the very first time we meet. And then sometimes we'll do it periodically to check in and we sit and I have them write down three fears. They look at them one at a time. We go through a meditation. What does this feel like in your body? Does it have a color? a sensation is there a smell or taste or visual associated with this and then they talk about it and then we go through the three then we write down three strengths that don't necessarily have to do with the fears right and we go through that same thing how does this feel in your body how does this blah 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 then we do a meditation where those strengths have a conversation with the fears and every single time the response is those fears are really silly. And those are not my words. <laughs> there are people who have done that with me. It's words. Oh, I feel, I, they feel so inconsequential. They feel so dumb or whatever. And that to me speaks volumes about how we inflate things and we project things that really aren't real or true. And a lot of these fears about showing up they're not about showing up. They're about something else, but it's easier to say, I'm scared to be in front of people than it is to say, I've got this trauma that I need to look at and, and mess around with. And I don't want to do that work. (laughs) So right. I mean, we have our, our optimal state business course and there are people that are petrified of going on camera. They just cannot. They're like, I can't do social media. And I know there's something much deeper under there than just Mm -hmm. social media. I mean, none of us are comfortable on social media. Let's be honest. (laughs) Nobody is. (laughs) I'm not even comfortable looking at myself on zoom. Right. But there is something underneath that because some of us go ahead and do it to live our purpose and our Svadharma and others are like frozen and just can't push through that. So there must be something underneath there more Mm -hmm. than just seeing your face on camera and worrying about what people might think of you. Yeah. And 
I mean, one of the ways that you can get past that worrying about what people think of you is to really focus your attention on what is my audience getting from me? Mm -hmm. What are they gaining? What am I giving as a gift to the world, to the people who are following me, to the people in the room, whether it's five or 500, what are they getting from me? Mm -hmm. And when you put your focus on that gift, when you put your focus on what they are getting, it takes you out of your ego because you can't be focused on being afraid and scared when you're having gratitude for being able to give this gift to someone. And you imagine yourself giving someone a beautiful package, a beautiful gift and their face being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And the people who are going to be critical or not receiving of your gift are not your people. And when we can stop and go, okay, everybody's not going to like me. It makes it so much easier because I know there are people who think I'm amazing. They think I'm funny and fun and smart. And I there are people who are like, you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Notice how I just said, thank you. I didn't qualify that. And mm-hmm. um, but, but there are people also who maybe don't think I'm serious enough, or maybe think that uh, sometimes maybe they think I try to be too smart because I like to use big words sometimes, <laughs> you know? So there's always going to be people who don't resonate with me. They might resonate with you. They might resonate with someone else. And when I realized that also there are people who are resonating with me who aren't resonating with someone else. So I know that it's not personal. It's not that I'm not valid or great or whatever it's just like we like certain flavors of ice cream better than other flavors of ice cream it's human nature so that takes it away from me right it takes me out of my ego when i realize okay i'm not for everyone but i'm for someone for some people and when i know that then that kind of takes it out of my ego a little bit you know to add on to that i i completely agree like you almost in business want to repel the people that won't be having mm. your product anyway. They're like, a lot of work. <laughs> I lure them in only to disappoint them. And so if you just get authentic right up front, the people who resonate with you will feel it and they will most likely be happy with what you're offering. I mean, that, that old mm-hmm. adage of you spend 80% of the time on 20% of the people, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta find your people and you can't do that if you're not willing to be authentic and put yourself out there to see who resonates with you. Yeah, absolutely. And that idea, right, that that those people who maybe don't resonate with you, but you tried to talk them into working with you and then they were on the fence, but they did it. But then it's it's just work. It's hard work to get them to a place of receiving this beautiful gift that you have. So it's much easier to work with someone who gets you, they get your vibe and they, they're, they're smelling what you're stepping in. (laughs) That's what you want. You want a relationship. You want the relationship with your clients to be easy. Now that doesn't mean that the subject matter is always easy or that there aren't heavy times, sometimes things that come up. Right. But you don't want to always have to be fighting to get people and then fighting to keep them. You want people who want to be with you. It's just like any kind of relationship. (laughs) Right. I call it unconditional positive regard Mm -hmm. in that when we first match, let's assume the best about each other and have these warm, friendly feelings. I mean, we're going to hit hard times in every relationship, but if we don't have that at the beginning and we are, really kind of battling from the very first day to prove ourselves. Like I haven't seen very many good things come from that. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I think we have to get to a place of not feeling like we're grasping for Mm -hmm. every client. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and knowing that sometimes you have to let people go who 
aren't the right fit. So if you can get to that place, that space of confidence in the beginning and saying, I don't know if I'm the right fit, but you know what? I know somebody who I think actually would be great to work with you. And then you're doing them the best service ever. You're being the best yoga therapist you can be if you realize mm, I'm not the best. I'm not going to try to make this work. I'm going to find someone who I think is more in their wheelhouse, right? In their appropriate place of personality, because it it's true. I mean, personality conflicts can go a lot of different ways. It doesn't always have to be a, a boss employee thing or a teacher student thing like high school or elementary or whatever. It can be in this kind of relationship too. So, yeah, I think you definitely want mutual respect, but also sometimes it's just a vibe, just an energetic thing. I was going to say, this is making me think of Netflix. Every time we're watching Netflix and I see five stars, my husband's like, it's got five stars. And I'm like, I usually don't like the things that have five stars. They're too shallow. I said, let's look for some three and a half star shows because those are the ones I usually like. (laughs) It's just a, it's a preference. And I think the more refined we become and the more accepting of who we are, we're fine with that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are way more popular than me that I don't actually care for. And Mm -hmm. they don't care for me but I'm really comfortable with that now. Yeah. That's really beautiful because I know that sometimes I'll see people who are really popular and I'll be like, I don't get it. And then I'll see someone who is just doing their thing. They're chugging along and you know, they're, they're rolling with 400 followers and they're making money because every single one of those followers are into them. Right. And then you see people with tens of thousands of followers on social media and it's just a vanity game. You know, it's just a thing. And so my social media got a little bit messed up because I had a reel that went viral and it was fun, but it brought in a bunch of followers who, yeah, they love that reel, but they're not yoga therapy clients. They're not yoga professionals who need help with confidence. They're people who thought my reel was fun or funny or interesting. So I just say this to say that in this game of comparison that everybody does, we can say don't do it, but everybody does. (laughs) Compare apples to apples, right? Don't, Don't compare this, what you're doing over here. If you're chugging along and you're doing great with it, keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about those other people because they may look like they're popular, but they may not be doing as well as you. So, you know, I just had this happen this week. I usually on my Instagram, I literally, if somebody, if I get like 10 or 20 likes on a post, that's like really good for me. (laughs) Last week, I put a picture, a little video of my 15 year old dog up and I got 2000 likes but I didn't even get a lot because that's not those people like dogs and I love dogs, but that's not what I'm doing here. So (laughs) it wasn't even like exciting to me because I'm like, Oh, okay. My husband's like, put your dog in the yoga therapy videos, you know, but I think you're right. It's uh, someone with 400 followers where 50 of them are really into it, taking the trainings. That's a way better deal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way the algorithms work, they're doing better than someone with tens of thousands of followers who a very, very small fraction of those people are seeing their content. So, yeah. Not only that, but I I saw one woman, I read an article about this once that she had like 3 million followers, but she had not figured out her offering. So she was spending all day creating content for these three, three million people and broke and couldn't make a living. And mm-hmm. so got a consultant to help her figure out what her offering was going to be so that she could take it to the next step. Yeah. And there's an art and science behind all of that too. So yeah, it, 
it's worth hiring someone who knows what they're doing if you want to just really go all in hmm. in that way. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about some tips for on camera because most of the people in our business course, I would say 90% of them are women somewhere between the age of 35 and 65 ish. You know, there's a few older, younger couple men, but they don't want to look at themselves on camera. They feel their face isn't pretty enough and they got wrinkles and their hair is not good enough and their body isn't good. I mean, it is just manic <laughs> all the yeah. time. And I'm looking at these women going, you know, you're amazing inside and out. This is a, a perceived flaw. Mm -hmm. What are you, what are some of these tips? Well, I guess there's two things, tips to help us feel radiant from the inside out, but then literally lighting and <laughs> right, what to do. Yeah. Well, I'll start with what you said, because I think what you may see as someone who is older and has wrinkles and has gray hair, someone who is older and wrinkles and has gray hair sees someone they can resonate with. Right. So instead of fighting what you are, go with that because that's going to draw those people in who are like, oh yeah, she's just like me, but look, she's doing this, right? I went through a time where I would only make videos or go live or do anything if I had on hair and makeup, you know, if I, and right now I fixed my hair and I put on some makeup, but I had to get to the point where I could just do it without makeup and hair. If I had something I wanted to say, because it's what you want to say that's what brings out your authenticity. And if you wait until the moment to go and get fixed up, you may lose it. And I batch videos. Sometimes I put on my hair and makeup and I'll make, you know, six or 10 videos in one day. The video that went viral and a lot of my videos that have done really, really well resonated with people or ones where no makeup, that that one that went viral with dirty hair and a bun and a t-shirt no makeup sitting on my couch and it only made it i just at the last second went oh let me do this thing and it was a three second video if you are afraid to put your face on camera just know that three second videos are the ones that people watch the most so if you can do something where you can show your face for a second of three seconds, baby steps, like tiptoe in if you need to, but like you don't have to go live for an hour and a half. You can do these little bitty things to get started. The other thing that I would say though, is if you're spending an hour to make a three second video, because you're recording it 50 times, stop doing that. I give myself three takes if I'm making a reel and I usually always end up using the first one <laughs> every time. I have so, never tried more than once. Like, oh, I, good for you. Because I, how is it? I, I don't, I'm not going to evaluate it. I'm not even going to judge it. It's going out. Good for you. Yeah. I, I know people who will spend an hour just recording over and over. And that's not, that's not going to do you any favors and it's going to make you want to not make them because I don't know who has time for that. <laughs> right. So keep it simple. And if you are struggling with that, then my advice is just go live, just mm -hmm. go live. There are a couple of reasons for that. One, probably you're not going to have a lot of people viewing it live, even people with tons and tons of followers, Sometimes, you know, may only have five, 10 people show up live. So if you go live, then first of all, there's an energy of being live that you can't recreate with recording. Because even when you're recording, if you take the first one, you know, you have the option to re-record it. But if you're live, there's, there's just, there's just an energy that's just so, I don't know. And everybody knows you're live. So they're forgiving because... Oh, wow. She's, she's showing up. I wish I could show up. Right. Mm -hmm. So go live. You can then have the option of if you like what you said and you thought, hmm, 
I think this might be a good thing, then you share it. And if you don't like it, then you don't share it. And it goes away and only one or two or five people saw it and nobody's hurt and it's good practice. As far as tips for doing that, one great tip is look at the camera. Mm -hmm. Always look at the camera, the little dot at the top of your phone, or I have a little camera on my computer. I'm looking at my camera. I'm not looking at Amy. I'm I'm looking at you. I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) I'm not looking at myself. I'm looking at the camera. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see when I look at Amy, there is a different, there's, there's a disconnect. It's like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Even though I am talking to you, there's a disconnect. And so when I look at the camera, then you feel connected to me. And people say, oh, it feels uncomfortable if I look at the camera, if I'm on a Zoom call, I want to I want to feel connected to the person. And my response is always, well, do you want to feel connected to them or do you want them to feel connected to you? Right. I mean, that pick your pick. I, I like looking at your face and your facial expression mm-hmm. when you're talking, but when I'm talking, I should be looking at the green light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my trick for that is especially if it's a zoom call, when I first get on the call, I look at the person, I really study their face so that when I'm hearing them, I can sort of reincarnate that. Now, Mm -hmm. having said that, if you have a job interview tomorrow, don't try this (laughs) until you've practiced it with a friend, because it is a little disconcerting and it is a skill to cultivate. It's something to get used to. You were talking about, how some people don't want to see their face on the screen or they, they feel um, self-conscious. Well, what's my hair doing or whatever. And so I have a couple of tips for that. If you're on your phone, take a sticky note and just put it on top of your face. You can even write a few bullet points. My friend Courtney Perna gave this tip to me and I was like, that's genius. You can write a few bullet points on the sticky note. And then she puts an arrow pointing up to the dot and she's a three-time Emmy award winner. And she still has to be reminded to look at the dot. That does two things. It gives you your focus and it keeps you from fixating on what you look like. And that's another reason that I like to look at the camera instead of myself when I'm on my computer too, because then I'm not analyzing, Oh, what is my face doing? What's, what's my hair doing? Why did I make that weird facial expression? <laughs> you know. So when I'm on my computer, I will just usually, if I have a document with some notes on it, I'll usually just slide it over in front of my face and then I'm not tempted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even on the computer though, you can click on it and it'll bring it forward and then scoot it over. Oh, you can't see what I'm doing. But, but yeah. Because yeah. And, I can see the green light, but I'm, I've got my list right here and I don't have to look at my own face. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, when I say look at the camera, I don't mean stare it down, right? In normal conversation, we look away, we look to the side, we look up or down. So that's when you can glance at your notes and, but you're having eye contact when it matters. So that's my biggest tip. That's, it's one of my not pet peeves, but it's one of those things that turns me off when I'm watching someone's video. If I feel like they're not looking at me, even though I know why they're not, (laughs) I still feel a little disconnected. And it's very subtle, the difference between looking down and looking at the screen, but it's, it's important. Some other tips, record yourself, have a friend, watch it back, watch yourself back, but I would caution you not to only look for what you did wrong. Look for what you did well. Look for something that you can say, oh, I like the way I said that. I like the way I look there. I like the way I look genuine or whatever. Find something you like. Tell whoever's watching and don't get your parents to watch it and don't get your best friend to watch it. Get someone who is in your sphere of influence, right? Get someone who's in your field, a colleague, a peer, who can look at it objectively and say, yeah, this was great. I might like a little more 
this or a little less this. And if you have habits, which we all do, give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Just know you can make yourself aware of them and say, oh, okay, I, I say, um, a lot. I'm going to start pausing instead. Every time I feel the urge to say, you know, or like, or, um, put a pause there because all those are fillers. So if you can put a little bit of a pause there, catch your breath and then say what you're going to say, because that's normally what we do in conversation, right? If we're not filling those spaces. I have a really hard time giving my students honest feedback because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need somebody like me to do that, <laughs> but I think if you can do the sandwich, right. The, I really loved this. Mm. I think if you could find a way to blah, 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 but this was terrific or whatever, we all want to get better. And, and I hate to use that word better, but it does keep people from really getting all of your content if they're distracted by words or smacks of the lips or things like that. So when we can do fewer of those, our content gets out more effectively. People are going to resonate with us a little more. Does that mean that if you say, um, or like, or, you know, or you smack your lips that nobody's going to listen to you? No, that's not true. But I have stopped following someone that I really liked what she was doing because I couldn't do the smacking of the lips <laughs> so much. So it's a yes and, right? It's mm -hmm. yes, let's pay attention and, and try to do those things a little less and just know, or for me, this is what happens. I catch myself, I get on top of the habit and then another one creeps in. <laughs> and then like, oh, Okay. So now we're saying so between everything. Okay. So it's important to, I should said so it's important <laughs> to that you're modeling it, right? The but, but yeah, you want to give yourself grace and, and I like humor because that's one of my core values. I can laugh at myself, but I also can say, you know what? We also need to kind of get on top of these so that people get, what I have to say, and they're not distracted by all of these superfluous words that are really just me trying to find my thought, but I'm filling that time. It's better if you can just pause, take a breath, take a moment. We're all so afraid of silence and pauses that we feel like we have to fill everything, even if it's with something that's not substantial. Yeah. Take your time, let it breathe. Let people have a moment to take in this beautiful gift that you're giving them, these wonderful words that you're saying to them. Yeah, and I think it takes a little time to find your cadence and your comfort. That That's the other thing I would say, like, don't expect yourself to be good at it at first. Mm -hmm. I would tell my students, just go do it. And you're going to be really bad. Like I joined TikTok in January of 2022 and I was really bad for five months and think things, right? Like it was fine. I, I have like three people watch a video, but I did it every single day. And now I'm at nine months and I'm getting a little better. There's an amazing YouTuber named Sunny Leonard Uzi. I and mean, she's making bank and she's got millions and millions of followers. And I heard her say one time that, and I don't know if she's still, this was a while back when I heard her say this, she said, how you start is not how you finish. And I still have my first videos. So you can go back and look at them and you can see where I was because everybody compares, you know, I've heard this before. Don't compare your, chapter your first chapter to someone's chapter 22 or whatever so she says go back and look at my first videos and even i have this vast experience on camera in broadcasting and movies but if you look on my instagram and you scroll way down and look at my early reels 
and then you look at more recent ones, you'll see a difference because I got more comfortable. I resisted making reels and I'm comfortable on camera and I didn't want to make reels because I'm like, I don't want to dance. I'm a dancer. <laughs> I have a dance are. background. And, but I didn't want to do that because I didn't see the relevance, but I know that people do like it when I do, and I can make it relevant to yoga, to being confident and all of those things. But I would say now that since I'm talking about that, if you don't want to dance, don't right. dance. That's how I am. I'm, I've if, got, to if you don't want to dance, yeah, don't dance. If you want to dance, but you're awkward and not good at it, then do it and call it out. And all of those people who are the same way are going to be like, Oh, I love her. I love him. I wish everybody would do that because I can guarantee you you're uncomfortable dancing or you're awkward or you have four left feet or whatever. So do a whole bunch of other people. And they see themselves in you. If you get on there and you're dancing, you're like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be flocking. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love this person. Now be prepared that some people might say dumb things in your comments and that's just their own crap. That's their own projection of how they wish they could be brave enough to do it, or they wish they could be good enough to, you know, know all the things, you know, or whatever. And so when you can take that nonsense and just be like, that's your mess. I'm not receiving this gift you're trying to give me. And I, I've had so many funny comments people made. I just respond to them either with grace or with humor. Mm -hmm. And actually two people apologized to me and were like, two, I don't know any of these people, by the way, they apologized. They were like, Oh, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm like, you didn't hurt my feelings. Or they say, I didn't think you would read this. So I, I would usually respond with either a laugh. If they said something mean, I would just respond with a laughing emoji. One person said, I don't know why this is showing up on my feed. And I just responded with, I don't either. This algorithm would be crazy. <laughs> you know, when you respond to, to comments that really are just people being weird, it helps your algorithm. <laughs> it helps your stuff show up more. So instead of deleting the comment, now, if it's abusive, that's a different story. But if it's just somebody being dumb or saying something, big, whatever. There's a real art to being non-defensive. Uh, there's one. Exactly. I'm great at that. TikTok. That's her name is hope with Holly. That's her thing. And she gets trashed daily and she brings those comments up and responds so non-defensively. She has taught mm -hmm. me so much about how to pull it towards you, like a martial art, you mm -hmm. know, and Cause she knows that the more interaction, the more it gets shown. So those people are doing you a favor. Yeah. I, and I respect her. I'm like, damn girl. She's, she's like no ego. Mm -hmm. I love her. Go, go follow her. She, you know, I'm not even interested in her content. I'm interested in who she is and how she shows up. Yeah. And that's so important. It, who are we and how do we show up and how do we deal with adversity <laughs> air quotes of the adversity of someone saying something mean to us on social media. But again, it goes back to that's their own mess. Yeah. And the fact that all they have to do is sit there and criticize someone on social media that they don't even know because it doesn't resonate with them or whatever. Boy, bye. You're not my target audience anyway, but thanks for the algorithm boost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a lot to get past that and not, not feel that sting. You know, the sting of your family is a lot worse than the sting of some stranger that doesn't even know what you're doing. They don't even know what yoga therapy is. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. And back to having just an inner sense of self and feeling okay with people not appreciating you. Like mm -hmm. I've honestly got to that point and it, it's, it's an amazing feeling actually not that I want to offend anyone or repel anyone, but it's okay if they don't like me because I like me. 
Yeah, so, but it, yeah, but it's true. If if you don't like me, why am I spending my energy or time on you? You can go your own way and I can go mine. And that doesn't mean I have to have animosity or bad feelings. But yeah, everybody doesn't have to like me. And let me tell you, it took me a long time to get to that. <laughs> a long time to get to that. And I'll say this too. A lot of times people might not like us, not for reasons that have anything really to do with us. And this is a lesson I learned from being an actress. And you go to an audition, maybe you're perfect for the role and you're perfectly talented for the role, but you remind the director of his ex-wife. Right. You're not getting that role. You could be the best singer, dancer, triple threat coming off of Broadway. You're not getting it if you remind someone of someone they don't like. And we're all guilty of it. I am too. Yeah. I, I meet someone like, hmm, it's a no for me. And that's an energy thing. But also, that's my mess. Yeah. If it, if someone reminds me of someone I don't care for that I've had a bit of experience with, that's my mess. And it has nothing to do with them. So yeah. when I can realize that and see my own nonsense, <laughs> then I can turn it around and realize that, okay, sometimes people don't resonate with me because of their own experiences with other people that I have the same vibe or energy with. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's a lot of work like to get to that point too. Yeah. I think the thing that helped me get over everything that we're talking about was when I was younger, I thought there was a standard of niceness or prettiness or the right kind of this or the right kind of that, that I had to get up to this standard to get people like me. And now I'm understanding it's just preference. It's a cliche, right? It's aversion attachment. It's ego identification. It's misperception. It's mm -hmm. fear. That's it. Someone else's cliche causing them to not prefer me. It's okay. It's not even my business. And my Clacia causing me to take it personally, <laughs> right? My ego, my uh, asnita, really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the work. And that's why we were talking about in the beginning, as a certified yoga therapist, I will help people because I think it is important that we dig in and we find those and we can be aware of them. Yeah. Then when these things pop up, yeah, they still might sting, but we're not wounded, right? It's, right. it's just like, oh, that, that was a little sting. Okay, that's fine. I didn't break my arm. <laughs> Brush it off, right? I wouldn't say it's always easy work, mm -hmm. but it's certainly easier once, you're, once you've done it. And I mean, we're all yoga therapists, so we have the skills and we know how to do them, but... We don't always see the best skills for ourselves, right? <laughs> right? The cobbler's kids have no shoes. Sometimes it's it's better if we have someone who can see it objectively and say, hmm, how would it feel? So with that, we've already been talking an hour. I can't believe this. Oh my gosh. How, it goes about so fast. <laughs> how could someone contact you if they wanted to work on their confidence or their imposter syndrome or their on-camera skills? Like, how would they connect with you and set up a time to meet with you? Yeah. So if you go to my Instagram, gratefully, Pamela, and I can send you the link if you want to put it in the show notes, I have a link tree there. And the very first one is schedule a free call. So we can have a chat and see what your needs are and whether I'm the right fit. And really, I think it's important to get to know people beforehand. That's why I don't have a way for you to just sign up for a package or <laughs> because I, it is important for me to see what your needs are and how I can help because it may be a, a thing where you just want help getting comfortable on camera and with basic skills. And that's different than 
I'm petrified. I can't even have a camera in my room. And then, then that's different work. So yeah, if you go to my Instagram, follow me while you're there, <laughs> send me a DM. And if you have any questions about anything we talked about, then also the yogapropodcast.com. If you want to go there, check out my podcast and you can send me an email from there. If you prefer email, if you're not an Instagram person, then feel free to head over there send me an email and let me know what you have going on and I'll see if I can help you. I also have in that link tree, there is a worksheet with 10 free tips for being confident on camera. And so there's the 10 tips and then there's a little worksheet for making a video and getting feedback from someone else or for taking your own notes and I'll offer for your listeners. If you send me a little video on Instagram in the DM, so I'm opening up my DMs for that, please nothing over like a minute or two, I will do a quick critique of feedback for you. So feel free to do that for all of your listeners. Anybody who maybe you've done a video and you're kind of like, eh, uh, if you want some feedback, then send it to me and I will do a little mini feedback for you. I love it. I love that you're offering all these free gifts to try out the work and see if this is a good match. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Like we talked about, I don't want to not be the right person for someone. I, I want it to be mutually beneficial. I want to feel like I'm doing good work. And I want whoever I work with to feel like they got the very best of me. So mm, I love it. Gratefully, Pamela. Gratefully, so, Pamela. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. It was really a pleasure. And that was the fastest hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time we chat, I feel like it, time flies so fast. So yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be here. And that's why I changed my Instagram to gratefully Pamela, my social media, and I'm working on my new website because I end every email with gratefully Pamela. It's my gratitude practices every single day. And it's the biggest part of my life. It's, it's my yoga off the mat. And I feel so grateful to be able to do all of the things I can do despite what my body sometimes <laughs> wants to do for me or not do for me. So I live in that space of gratitude and that's why I chose that name. Thank you. For Thank you. That. I am so grateful that Pamela was willing to talk with us today. And if there's one thing I see in our optimal state business course, it is people dealing with an imposter syndrome. People have imposter syndrome for doing the actual work, whether that's with a group or an individual. Do I know enough? Am I good enough? Are they going to like me? What is this yoga therapy thing? Like that's a whole imposter syndrome. And then getting on social media and marketing yourself and having pictures and videos, that's a whole nother imposter syndrome. And I think it's really cool that she can use yoga therapy as the modality to help people with both of those. I think it's a really unique niche. If she had been in my business class, I would have been like, yes, that is such a great niche. Go for it. It's exactly, you know, it's just small enough and yet it applies to almost everyone, right? So I think it's fantastic. I highly encourage that you do some work with Pamela if you're struggling in these areas. If you're really interested in diving in, join us for our year-long professional yoga business development course that starts every May. We would love to have you in our course, and every year we start a new cohort. Have a good evening, and thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It means so much to us. Please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter mailing list, where we give you a free gift every single week. It's usually something that the guest has been talking about, like a book chapter or an article or an infographic. Check out the show notes for that. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget, we have a new YouTube channel called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. We also have a new Patreon page where you can support us to bring you the most excellent content 
and that is Optimal State and the Yoga Therapy Hour Patreon page. Also, you could write us a review on most major platforms that host podcasts. Give us five stars if you appreciate the show and tell us what you love so that we can do more of that. Finally, we support several nonprofit organizations through this podcast. See the show notes to understand how you can help. If you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor for this program, contact us at the email welcome at theoptimalstate.com. Welcome at theoptimalstate.com. And finally, a special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria and Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.